0: Mavert has gone forward with Stewart to the right, Lineker and Howes to the left. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Ah! OK, welcome to the E-Spurs podcast, guys, which is officially this week a moan-free zone. Coming uh, up on this week's podcast, we'll be looking back at the games in a frozen Norway and a white-hot White Hart Lane against Manchester United. We'll also be previewing a busy week of games away as we travel to Fulham and up to the Stadium of Light. We'll also be having a roundup of the latest transfer rumours, your tweets from the Twitter feed and looking back at our predictions from the last podcast. Um, joining us this week on the podcast, we've got... Mark Vialis back with us again from Gibraltar. How are you doing, Mark?
1: Hi, great. Pleasure to be back.
0: Yeah. Great stuff. Great to have you with us. And also, uh, making his debut on the podcast this week, we've got new eSports rider Sean Simon. How are you doing, Sean? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Great, great stuff. to go. Thanks for joining us, mate. Okay, so basically, guys, we're going to kick off um, at the top. Looking back to last week, um, back to the Tromso game. Now, cast your mind, back to the Thursday. Um, we went over to Norway, um, played a... I suppose you'd call it a second-string side with a couple of first-teamers thrown in there, didn't we, guys? Um, we had, just to, just to give you the team, Friedel, Norton, Friars, um, Dembele, Dawson, Kirakesh, Townsend, Kapue, Soldado, Chadli, Sigurdsson. Um, and, of course, as, as we know, the first goal was an own goal um, and the second goal Dembele got from from a, a flick on a neat Spurs move so guys just looking back briefly if you can remember it the uh, the game over in Norway my first sort of when I tried to remember this game was that the first half was pretty, pretty drab came to life second half um, Mark what's your thoughts on that mate?
1: Well, unfortunately, I was working, so I, oh, well. actually, <laughs> I missed the game. I did read about it, yeah. and uh, I actually wanted to see Harry Kane thrown in, and I'm sad to see that he didn't he didn't get a, a run out. But uh, at least we did have uh, Zeki Friars making an appearance, Norton as well, to get some games under his belt. Uh, and Capu, uh, as well as great, great to see him starting to get back to some some match fitness. Although um, I read it was uh, it was quite, it wasn't uh, didn't all go our way, did it?
0: No, I think you're right there, mate. And just going to come to Sean on 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 that point. I mean, Sean, would you have liked to see more of the sort of the younger um, academy boys thrown in there, or was you was you happy with the team that that took part in that game?
2: Um, to be honest, um, I'd say after what happened like a few days before that I think he was just going out he was going out for the win I didn't think he wanted to take any chances but um, yeah it was good to see it was good to see especially Norton played in his proper position because we always judge him as being a, being a left back and he gets he gets the wrong end of the stick sometimes and um, yeah I just think basically with that game I think it was just a hurdle that he just wanted to get over safely in time for the Man
0: United game. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, mate. And I think, to be honest, it was a case of avoiding the injuries, wasn't it, in that game? Um, yeah. And also, on, on the point you make about Norton, a good point. Um, we do judge him quite unfairly, uh, you know, in that left back position. Um, and he tends to get sort of a bit of stick for it, doesn't he? And we, we sort of, you know, we forget, I think, that he's not a left back. This guy's coming in, he's playing completely out of position. Um, and He doesn't just, look comfortable, does he? Exactly well, that. that. You know, um, and it was nice to see him play in his in his natural position, wasn't it? Um, over on the right side, there wasn't the best of games, um, but Dembele, another plus, I suppose, was Dembele Mark getting the goal. I mean, he's had a, he's been another one who's took a bit of flack this season, has not he, for sort of mixed um, mixed performances? But he he got a goal, didn't he? And and last few games, I think Man United included, he started to sort of maybe reproduce a little bit of the form of last season. Would you say?
1: I'm a big fan of Dembele. I think he—I mean—he's not a direct replacement for for Modric, as shall we say. But um, as we—I mean—a lot of people expected to, for him to play in, against United in the hole, but he tended to play further back. And a lot of us were thinking maybe last season or next season we'll see him in an attacking midfield role once we strengthen in our in our defensive midfielder positions. But really, he looks more comfortable coming in from deep, doesn't he? When he's got some space and, and he drops a shoulder and takes it around the player. And uh, and then he looks for the incisive pass as well. I mean, his range of passing is actually quite quite good. I mean, he really does have it all to to be a, to be our starting centre midfielder. And I, I hope I hope he does really. I mean, a United performance definitely it was was very good.
0: Yeah, I mean, Sean, are you a Dembele fan? Yeah, to be
2: honest, um, the Dembele that I do like is the Dembele who was at Fulham. Um, who was at Fulham. Um, I personally, I think his best position by far is in the hole. And you're sorry, like in the first half against Manchester United, they were terrified of him. They were every time we got the ball in deep into their half, they didn't know what to do with him. Whereas when he's playing a little bit deeper, I think because maybe the opposition sus that he hasn't got a killer pass, it's very easy to close him down because you can always run him into trouble because he dwells on the ball. But um, I think his first half against Manu, I think he had he had a great first half.
0: He did, and then um, brings us on quite nicely to the Man United game. Obviously, we'll you know we'll we'll skip past the the Tromso game quite quickly because it wasn't one of the most memorable of the season. But mm-hmm. you know, I think. Hopes were... I think we were sort of, you know, optimistic, but also a bit fearful of the Man United game, bearing in mind the week before we'd just been trounced, didn't we, up at, up at City. Um, also a bit curious as to the team that um, AVB would put out against Manchester United. So it was interesting to see that. And he, he went for... Um, You know, a pretty strong side. He went for Larissa in goal, Walker, Vertonghen. Dembele was back in there. Dawson and Kirrakesh at the back, which we'll speak about in just a moment, Um, them two. Lennon, who was, as we know, was subbed um, after 65. few boos when that happened. Um, Sandro was in there. You know, I don't think we need to say anything about that guy, do we? Um, Soldado, (laughs) Paulinho and, and Chadley. So you know, very very strong side as you would expect against Manchester United. But I think, for me anyway, the, the play I really enjoyed watching on this guys. I don't know about yourselves, but for me it was Paulinho and just seeing him in that in that position behind Soldado. I think
1: exactly he probably yeah. had his
0: best game yeah. of the season for Spurs.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, that, that's what I was uh, saying earlier when we in referring to Dembele that he was playing a bit deeper against United. I know he did push up as well, but Paulinho is. We saw him there a bit more box to box. I mean, a bit more trying to get into those uh, threatening areas, uh, trying to live up to the comparison that some people gave gave to him as uh, as being close to Lampard when he yeah. signed for us, you know. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed his performance. I think he can go. I think that we still have a lot to see. To, uh, there's a lot to come for him.
2: Yeah, I th- Yeah, I also think um, with with Pelinho, I think it's going to take him. The longest to adapt in terms of seeing what Poliños really about because he's one of those players when he actually when he finds his form I still think he'll be one of those players who it, will, it could be easy not to appreciate him because against um, Man City I thought he had a shocker yeah I he didn't I didn't see him fight for any ball so I think he was one of those players who felt he had a lot to he had a lot to prove in that in that game and. um once, once he was getting stuck in. Personally, I, I like him off the ball. He makes a lot. Of, he makes a lot of clever runs off the ball. But when you've got him deep in in midfield in the engine room, yeah, the game just goes past him. I still think he hasn't really adapted to the actual pace. So it was like a clever move putting him in that um, in the hole, so he doesn't really have that. There's no pressure on him to swerve.
1: Sort of no, I think be, I, yeah.
2: move around quicker than he needs to.
1: Yeah, I said uh, l- last week in the podcast that uh, that it took Sandra at least half a season to adapt. I expect the same from Paulinho as well uh, half a season, and maybe even a little bit longer because of uh, of the attacking element to his game, which is it's more, shall we say, complex to yeah. uh, to find the, the the gaps in the Premiership.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I think you know, as you as you mentioned there, it's a, it's a big you know and we we've sort of talked this definitely really but it is a case of our players having to adapt i mean every single one of them pretty much is going to have to adapt to a new league a new pace you know it's um it's it's all new to them isn't it and i think you know people forget that when they talk about spurs sometimes um, just going on to united's um, second goal guys the penalties coming to you first of all Sean what was your your take on the penalty mate because I went looking at it back I mean Michael Owen on the TV I mean was was certain it was a penalty my first thought was that he tripped over Larice's arm
2: I mean to be honest it's it's just one of those decisions in the heat of the moment I mean to be honest I looked at it a few times at first I thought it wasn't it just depends what you're seeing with your eyes. I mean, the second time I saw it, it did look like um, Lloris did catch him, but you could also you could also your eyes could also tell you, like, depending on how biased your eyes are, <laughs> that the sort of he made contact with the ball, but. Um,
0: I think he's a very clever player, isn't he, Welbeck? I mean, I I instantly thought straight away, if that was, um, you know, you get these types of players in the Premier League who are very, very clever, um, you know, one of them being a certain player up at Liverpool, a certain striker up there, you know, who's... I, mm. I thought straight away if that was Suarez he would have done exactly the same thing dragging his foot again cute, aren't yeah. they you know, they know and I think Spurs and I actually said this watching the game I, I, I think that's one you know I'm not sure if I'd want Spurs to go down that road, road but I think Spurs need to be a little bit more cute in that sense you know because I think sometimes Lennon. we're too fair aren't we almost you know
1: yeah absolutely I mean didn't we see Lennon Lennon should have should have gone down at one point uh, against United when yeah. uh, when he was clipped behind and he, he took the extra touch, honest Lennon, trying to get the cross in. Yep. But uh, if he would have gone down, that would have been a penalty. Well, with our luck, we wouldn't have got it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Especially against United, eh? With no chance. Oh, yeah. No oh, chance. Forget about it.
2: At the, time, at the time, I thought sometimes with Lennon, he moves too fast to actually think about what he's doing. Yeah. Because um, it's only when, when the commentator actually mentioned it that I thought, hang on, he could have taken a dive. But then sometimes when you start going down that road, you start making dives when it's actually easier to pass. So sometimes it's good to be cute, but then your decision-making about when to do it, I think you've really got to be naturally sly in that sense.
0: Yeah, it's a a great shout. I mean, it could work either way, couldn't it? And also, if you start going down, you tend to get what... um you know I mean Bale last season tends to get a bit of flak. I thought it quite harshly because I think he was genuinely failed but then yeah. referees start to question every single time you go down don't they um, apart from it seems when you're, your name's Suarez but um, <laughs> that's for another podcast yeah. Yeah. maybe it does follow
1: reputation sometimes doesn't it
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah and it does Um You know, and I I think as Sean's quite rightly pointed out, there was a 50-50. I think it could have gone either way, probably. You know, they're more often not given those ones because the referee probably sees it at at such a great pace that it it looks like a penalty to him, you know, to be fair. And we get the advantage of about 20 replays, don't we? So, yeah, so it's a great shout. Um, You know, their first goal again, guys, you know, typical, isn't it? You know, very lucky goal, flick off Walker um, and straight away they're back in the game mark.
1: Yeah and that's that's a shame because I thought Walker had the be- his best game of the season against United 100%. I mean without goal yeah yeah and then uh it's it's just I, I hate to say it but typical Walker as well because uh, he just he just lobs a foot at it he doesn't he, it's a simple lapse of concentration how many times have we said that about about Kyle Walker that he, he he's great great attacking but then suddenly a lapse of concentration and then we'll goal down I mean he usually uses his pace to catch up with him but at that point he couldn't, he couldn't rely on that, could he?
2: Yeah, I think sometimes with, um, with Walker I think we still forget that he's still young he's not yeah, I mean, he's, he's not he's, he's not a teenager by any stretch of the imagination but I personally think the guy needs a rest I think um, over the past few seasons he's been playing, playing like near enough 40, 40 plus games and I think he needs a bit of rotation. And that's why I'd love Norton to come in every now and again. Because sometimes when I'm seeing Walker, he's mentally, sometimes he just looks, he looks exhausted. He, he, his head just doesn't. His head goes very quickly. I think if you just rest him now and again, his body will come back fresh and his mind will come back fresh. Because in his first season, when he really started, really started playing for us, he wasn't making his mistakes, and then last season he had a he had an awful season in terms um, from a defensive point of view. And although it's improving, I I'm, I still think a little bit of rest would sort of help his development.
0: Yeah, I think you know it's, it's probably a case of burnout, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. Um, I mean, you, we forget as well he's playing for England. You know. Um, uh, a couple of times um, a year as well, you know, those those midweek games for England, then coming back playing in the Premier League on the on the Sunday or Europa League on the, you know, and he's, he's, he's playing a lot of games for a youngster and he's, he's come a long yep. way in a short space of time. I think the thing that we're all impressed with about uh, Kyle Walker is the pace that the guy's got and when he's running at a player, um, you know, it, it's just pretty much second to none and him and Lennon down that, you know sort of right hand side um,
1: terrifying it,
0: it, terrifying <laughs> and I think that's one of the disappointing things isn't it when AVP plays Lennon on the left I think he was genuinely unlucky with that goal um, we can't fault him because he scored the free kick against United completely that's right. bamboozled their defence didn't he with the, the free kick you know hitting it straight under them um, so uh, and, and as you've just said I think he had a, his best game of the season so top notch to you know full credit to Carl uh, Walker for, for that one and um, Moving on to the the Sandro, what needs to be said, eh? You know, the Sandro goal from from outside the box, guys. Um, you know, it's just a player, isn't he, that you can see, as, as was mentioned on last week's podcast, that genuinely loves playing for and scoring for Spurs.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, to be honest, I think Sandro, I think he's really one of the only leaders we've got out of because every game he just seems to be setting the pace. And I think... Um, the game against Man United, I think the result wasn't as important. The result was important, but it was more so important that the, re- the actual response from the team. And he sort of led that response. He sort of led that thing from the midfield and everyone seemed to follow because he just didn't leave anything behind in that game. He just took it to them for the full 90 minutes and he, was- he played the same against Man City. And it was just good to see that everyone else putting that same level of same level of commitment into that game, and that should hold us in good stead for a little while. Yeah,
1: but, yeah, he leads by example, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely so. And he loves it, and we agreed. That he loves he loves Spurs, and we all love
0: him, the beast. <laughs> yeah. And the passion the guy, you know, plays is hundred percent every game, isn't it? You know, and. He's, you know, hopefully be part How many times has he thrown up on the pitch? <laughs> well, yeah. I tell you, any player that throws up on the pitch for Spurs, he's got my full respect, mate. For, and mine. You know, Spurs legend. As soon as, as soon as he does that, mate. Um, <laughs> um, what we're going to do now, guys? Just give out a few um, for the uh, people listening. Just give out a couple of. Um, uh, of notes. Um, if you want to contact us, guys, get in touch on our Twitter. Um, those who already follow us on the Twitter will know that Mark, who's normally with us from Baltimore, um, can't be with us this week, but he's um, running the Twitter. Um, if you want to get in touch with Espurs or Mark, um, follow us at E Spurs for the Twitter. Um, the website, if you want to check out our website, guys, both Mark and Sean write for our site. The, the website address is wwwe all one word, .blogspot. So you can check us out there. Um, and if you want to drop us a line about anything at all, just get in touch via our email e spurs at live.co.uk. So that's sort of ways you can get in touch with us. Um, if you want to shout out on next week's podcast, give us a give us a message on the Twitter and we'll do that for you. And there's some coming up um, later on in the podcast. Okay guys, so we're going to move on to the week coming ahead now. Probably arguably AVB's most important week um, in terms of his time managing Spurs I I think we'll probably agree. Um, Two games that looking at them we arguably should win Um, whether or not we do is something we're going to talk about now but we've got Fulham on the Wednesday night guys and then Sunday um, next weekend. Coming to Sean first of all, um, I put a a, a message out on Twitter earlier on today and I'll, I'll read that out later on but um, as to how many points you would expect as a minimum from those two games. What's your thoughts on that, mate?
2: I'd say we should get we should get six. We should easily get six. Like, well, I want to say easily, but we should be looking to get six points out of those two games because after the game one, after yesterday's game, it's just like trying to get some momentum going. The amount of the spirit that we showed on Sunday, it would be criminal to dropped the pace for the for the Fulham game. in really not so bad a position because I mean, um, I mean, obviously they're fighting for their life. But Martin sacked, so this week they're going to be they're going to be going through a slab bit of transition. So we should be able to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Mark, I mean, if we don't get those six points, how much? Um... How much leeway will be given to AVB, do you think, if we don't get the full six points? Um, do you think it's, it's six points or big-time pressure for AVB? Or do you think maybe three and we're, you know, not, not a bad result out of those two? Or is it, you know, six points or nothing, mate? I think, I think it depends, I mean, um,
1: on, our style, on our style of play, if we don't get the six points. I mean, if we, if we, if we come out with, with four points from those two games... But we show the same spirit we showed against United, then I don't think there's a there's a problem. Move on and focus on the next game. The the negative side of the media, the Daily Mail, etc. jumping on the bandwagon to have him out. So a V B out shout will be there. But yeah. um, hopefully hopefully it turns it turns our way. Uh, and all we and we continue as as Sean was saying, our, our great mo- momentum momentum into into the Fulham game and then and then on to Sunderland.
2: I think also it depends on um, the results from the other teams above us. Because even when you look at the table, we're ninth, but there's only four points between us and um, us and Liverpool. So if you get a couple of the other big boys losing, it, it would take the attention away from us. However, if everyone else wins and we lose, we're back in the firing land. So I also think it's... Um, the, yes. tables are, the table's a bit un, unfair on us because we're sitting at ninth, so we're looking like we're mid-table. But in actual fact, one win, two wins, and we could be right, right we're back straight in the back mix in there, again. aren't we? Yeah. yeah. As long as we're
1: in the race, I think that's what, that's what is important. Huh? Yeah. yeah, just keep in pace. And it's keep true. Pace. I
0: mean, Sean just made a great point there that, you know, you look at the pressure that's on AVB and Spurs at the moment – Yet Manchester United are, what, you know, a point above us. It it doesn't seem, I mean, and AVB made this point in his press conference, didn't he? There doesn't seem the same pressure or scrutiny. Maybe that's because he's following, you know, arguably the biggest act there's ever been to follow in football, but that's another point completely. But, you know, Manchester United aren't getting the same sort of scrutiny that that Spurs and AVB in particular seem to be coming under, are they? And and yet they're only a point above us in the league.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. What what is it that they have against ABB In the end of the day? I mean, they they scrutinised him at Chelsea, and and it was I mean, arguably, the media, with with the big name players at Chelsea that forced him out of the job, and uh, it would be criminal if that were to be the reason what that uh, that he wouldn't be a success at Spurs. But uh, in the end of the day, we need we need to get behind this guy, as us as the fans and and the players. We know that they're behind him, and if the media just finally decide to to change their viewpoints. That that would also be be helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And it does seem a bit of a I mean, just looking at reading and we, we we will come on to this in the next section of the podcast, but reading Neil Ashton's comments, you know, and it does seem very, very bitter. You know, it's not at all, in my opinion anyway, a, a balanced um or, you know, objective Um, opinion on AVB as AVB says it it became quite personal um, in terms of some of the criticism but I just want to read out to you guys some of the comments that were made on Twitter I've just asked you guys how many points are a minimum we should expect in the next two games and why Um, on the Twitter we had quite a few people get back to us Alex for example says six is absolutely essential these are the games we must win if we want to come top four we've dropped enough points already Um, The Spurs blogger says we have to win these games. Both teams in poor form. Liverpool and Southampton afterwards, both away. I think that's probably incorrect because I think we've got Liverpool at home. Um, So he Mm. says six points there. Um, Spurs fanatic says four points from two tough away trips. Um, And just reading down the list there, we've got... And um, Ben Gearing finally says, "We have to build on this weekend 's performance, which is what we 've just mentioned there, and also, if we don 't win, the pressure is right back on a v b, um, which I think we 'd all unfortunately probably agree with if we if we don 't get at least the sort of four points that we've just mentioned in those." in those games. So guys, we're gonna we did this last week, a bit of fun. We're gonna go for some predictions now. I'm oh. gonna put you right on the spot. And as I mentioned, this will be returning to haunt you next week, unfortunately. So um <laughs> Sean first of all, mate your um prediction um we travel to Craven Cottage Fulham, um new management there on Wednesday night. What's your prediction for that one?
2: I say for the Fulham game I say well we'll take it three one. I think it will be I think it would be a hard-fought 3-1, but I think we'll probably do them in late on. I can see it probably 1-0, and it looking a bit hard and nervy for us. Somehow, we'll go up 2-1, and then we should be able to finish him off.
0: I like your thinking. I like it. 3-1, so from Sean Mark. Um, for the Fulham game, mate, what's your prediction for that one?
1: Well, it's uh, it's upsetting to see such a friendly figure like Big Martin Yule get is. the sack in that way. I mean, I I love that giant teddy bear the figure <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think, I think we would be comfortable I think we're going we're gonna to move on we're going to take take, uh, take it in our stride and win 3-0 3-0 I really
0: yeah. like the optimism this week this really is a no-moan zone this week isn't it we've <laughs> completely turned the tables from last <laughs> week um, Martin Yorl sacking at Fulham there last week um, there was an interesting comment we got um, I think it was an email we got into us saying you know how about this for a shout martin yo coming back to spurs maybe as a coach um i'd love to see it personally but whether or not he'd come back as a coach after being the manager there is, a, is another matter but guys i think you'd probably agree it'd be great to have him back wouldn't it at spurs oh
1: him him and steven Freund together <laughs>
0: <laughs> just the goal celebrations alone would be worth yeah. it wouldn't they <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we're going 3-0 and um uh, also a win wasn't it from yeah 3-1 3-1 for, for the fulham game um on the weekend on the uh saturday night i think it is we travel up to Sunderland, the stadium like, always a tough game up there obviously new management gus Poirier up there now um mark tough game um but winnable
1: yeah i mean it it's it's tough up north up north and in their ground as well their fans are are very supportive no? and um <laughs> but they're also languishing at the bottom of the table like Fulham so uh, hopefully i mean i i think we're going to get a 2-0 win there. it'll be a bit tougher i think but
0: 2-0 2-0 against Sunderland Sean obviously as, as we just mentioned partisan crowd up there you know they always get behind their team don't they um especially now got new management in there and they're fighting for their lives so what's your take on that one mate I
2: think the Sunderland game might be a little bit easy for us I think um against Fulham I think because it's a London derby might be a little bit might be a little bit tense but I think with Sunderland once you if you start early on and you get and you shut the crowds up I think we'll have an easy game I think it'll be a lot easier I'd probably say about 2-0 2-0,
0: and um, I like the thought of an easy game. Being a Spurs fan, it doesn't happen very often, does it, you know? So uh, I'd love a a nice 2-0, 3-0 win. So we're again going for a couple of wins. So let's hope, guys, we can um, turn that into results and uh, come out of the week with six points, which I guess six points arguably puts back in the top four, wouldn't it? Um, Depending, obviously, on our results. Um, and how much better would things look then? And Avb could arguably turn around and stick two fingers up at the press, couldn't he? Then after a, a yeah, couple of nice so. wins, hopefully. Yeah. Um, if we
2: play with the same, if we play with the same pace, it shouldn't be a problem. But if we go back to this um, this, um pedestrian build up, start slowing things down too much again, that's when we'll, that's when we'll start walking into trouble. But if we just go at um like we did on Sunday. I can't see us losing yeah. either of those two games.
0: Yeah. And let less I mean, I think you're, you're spot on there about the pace. I mean, that's been our big argument all season, hasn't it? And, and arguably a little bit of last season, although Bell got us out of a few tight situations there. But, I mean, especially the Europa games, which aren't great games in the group stage anyway, but the pace we've been playing at is it's almost crippling, isn't it, at times, you know, sort of. Um, uh, one pass forward and then two back, isn't it? You know, but against United, we seem to be just just back to the old style, you know, almost sort of a um, couple of seasons ago, wasn't it? That that sort of dynamic football, you know, um, with with Paulinho up there charging, supporting Soldado, the midfield working hard, Sandro getting on the ball, you know, the wingers and the the wing backs bombing bombing down the line, you know, and it was it was great to see, wasn't it? After a a season of pretty poor poor football.
1: Oh, yeah, it seemed it seemed like uh, they were they would play more direct football than what we have been yeah. crying out for. I suppose. I mean, we want a patient build-up. We want it to be me- measured to the point, but still exciting, and uh, and and dynamic. And with that, we need we need to play this uh, this sort of uh, style that we played against uh, United. And uh, if we play if we play this style, we we'll win the games. I agree with you, Sean
2: because yeah, even watching watching us sometimes we don't have any midfielders who can set the play, set the pace like in a way that Modric or even Carrick did, guys yeah. like, who can either slow it down, speed it up, so if we start slow, we're always going finish, to finish at that pace, the only way that we can play like we did on Sunday is just straight from the first minute, just hold that pace and just try and stick to it, but when, if we start trying to slow down and overusing the ball we can never seem to um, take control of the game unless it's, unless we start getting desperate like in the last 10 minutes when it's like, like a little bit too late but during the middle of the game and at the start if we start slow that's when we start getting ourselves into trouble
0: Yes, great shot. And it goes back to what we were saying last week, that when, I mean, if we, as you said, Sean, if we kick off at a, a certain pace, keep it going, great. But if we don't, and then we go a goal down, there doesn't seem to be a plan B, does there? So, I mean, we had the likes of Bale and Lennon sort of bombing down, and our pace terrified teams, didn't it? I don't think there was a yeah. team in the league that could live with us in terms of pace. Um, and that was always our major sort of um, asset, the, the counter-attacking pacey side. And I think we saw a bit of that against United. That the pace was back, wasn't it? Certainly with Walker yeah, and know. Lennon, and you know. Um, so, I mean, you've got to play to your strengths, arguably, haven't you? And if that's your strength, you've got you've got to go with it. Um, you don't you don't try and and, and mend what isn't broken, um, as they say. So, um, I should just just mention Mark. Obviously, can't be with us, but he has left a few comments and. Um, just want to get your guys' thoughts on these. He says, Chadley and Lennon look good, um, really good. The inverted winger on one side and the true winger on the other worked and we kept our width, which I think was another great point. We we, we didn't con- over-congest that midfield, did we? We kept the width with the, the, the wingers and the wing-backs bombing down. Um, Lennon was back at a high level, but apparently he had some sort of injury when he was taken off, um, so that's something to watch. Chadley didn't offer as much going forward, but he did excellent work defensively he prevented Smalling getting forward and the fact that Valencia had such a threatening game is Jan's fault since it was essentially one on one on the flank all day long um, Mark what's your thoughts on that mate in terms of Jan I know he's not happy playing left back is he so we can't necessarily um, give him too much criticism for that um, but he did, I, I suppose you could say he struggled against Valencia, didn't he? I mean, Valencia a couple of times, especially, I think it was second half, just left Jan completely for dead, didn't
1: he? I totally agree with you. I mean, I totally agree with, uh, with those comments because, like I was saying last week in the podcast, I mean, Retongan is a, is a centre-back. He needs to play this, at centre-back and he, was, he has played some great games Left back as well, and yeah. bombing forward as well. And he does bring the ball forward as he can do in the center, in uh, from the center to a certain point And effective, he doesn't really lose it in the middle or ever, but um, it's out of his comfort zone. And um, he did, he did have a, a bit of a I wouldn't call it so much as a shocker, but a bad game against against Valencia on the right. So they saw the weakness and tried to expose United. Uh, United tried to expose that weakness that we had uh, on the left, and um. What what do we do? We play Norton again, who's not? It's not his natural position. I mean, it's it's a definitely a problem.
2: Yeah. yeah. Also, I think with um, with Vertonghen, I think maybe since that Manchester City game, he totally looked like at the beginning, like he was making a statement, like he really did not want to play there. He's yeah. frustrated having to play a left back, but all the guy, all he's got to do is hang on until January. If we don't buy left back in January, he's got every right, he's got every right to throw his dummy out in the pram. but they've got to come to some sort of an agreement. Just put everything you've got into playing left back, a few more games, and we'll look to get someone in to support Danny Rose, and then there wouldn't be an excuse to play him there. But right now he looks like he's sort of worried that he's gonna be stuck out there permanently. So Against Man City, I felt like he was sort of half deliberately taking his foot off the pace a little bit to make a statement that you can't keep putting me out there. But against Valencia, Valencia is like a steam train down that flank. He's one of the only out-and-out out wingers who's going to sit on that byline and just totally bomb down. Or with his strength, it was always going to be it was always going to be tough for Vitong And I think it would have even been tough for Rose because. Yeah. He's he's like a steam train. And his strength is... You can't even use strength against him. You can't out-muscle him. The guy's just too strong. So... I think he... I I think he did... I I think he did all right. I don't think the Tonkin did that bad. But you're always going to struggle against guys like um, Valencia if you're not as quick. So, yeah, Yeah. I think he did all right.
1: No, I think... I think uh, Evra struggled more against Lennon in Mm. that game. I mean... the partnership of—I uh, mean, going back to the comments that uh, that Mark has left—like uh, the combination of uh, Walker and Lennon is something that was very much a success uh, a of, last season. Yeah. You know, very uh, awesome. I mean, uh, they combine uh, perfectly. You can see the confidence oozing from each other, and and they know where where the where the runs are going to be, and, and they cover each other uh, defensively as well. That's—it's very important to mention yeah. Lennon's defensive work. Uh, it's it solves a, a problem us and then we and attacking he's devastating
2: yeah i started to notice with lennon i started to notice that last season and walker look he looks way more comfortable in himself when lennon's around because yeah. lennon backs him up yeah and, it, and it, it encourages the opposition to try to expose walker but i think those two they just um that's a great combination then all right and I, even though lennon he's not as he's not as dangerous with his foot now, but I just think he's turning into a solid right midfielder as opposed to the out and out winger that he was because he's starting to play a little bit more intelligently and he just seems like way more of a team player now.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, I've always been a big fan of him. I think obviously the one thing that lets him down, we all know about his finishing, but I think if he could improve that, what a complete sort of right midfielder he'd be. You know, he's got the pace to go past anybody. Um, and I'd love to see him, as, as we've just said, paired up again with Walker. So we get that right flank moving again, back to the pacey football. You know, we start getting some some um, counter attacking football maybe going again. And I think you know, if we if we can do that, and maybe maybe Avb sort of um, the game plan on Sunday was maybe him seeing the light a little bit. You know, and and hopefully if we can get back to that we can we can get some points on the board um, just another couple of points Mark's made he said Soldado looked better but still very short of confidence which I think we'd all agree with um, Vlad and Yan are going to form a dominant partnership um, yeah. the most dominant partnership that we've seen in years um, and uh, for me absolutely 100% spot on um, Kirakesh, um and, and both Tonga look like they could be two of the best centre-backs we've had in a long, long time do not they guys I think Um, And Lamella is being brought along slowly, which, you know, I think we all agree with again. Um, He says AVB's correcting his errors, plain and simple. Our midfield looked far more comfortable and cohesive yesterday, and we had dangerous wing play. His words with Neil Ashton afterwards served as a rallying uh, cry around the club, and I think we all want him to succeed. And that brings us on nicely to a certain press conference that happened yesterday, guys, oh. after the game. Um, <laughs> it's probably the most famous press conference in the history of football now, um, after the little <laughs> spat um, yesterday. We're just going to listen to a short clip of what happened between um, AVB and Neil Ashton at yesterday's press conference.
3: Well, I say that uh, there are you know, articles that attack my uh, integrity and, and, uh, and human values. And I think... Uh, I don't need to exp- ex- expand myself on that. Uh, you know, each one of us draws their own conclusions. That's mine. Obviously, Neil and Martins have theirs, and and uh, and I respect their their opinions as well. But uh, this is my opinion of, uh, of what they wrote.
1: In terms of um, team selection today, you played in midfield.
3: Uh, even even uh, mixing the words that I said in the press conference uh, after yeah. Man City. Um,
1: what was that? Today you played. Um,
2: sorry,
3: sorry, excuse Paolini. me. Sorry.
2: Yeah, why, sorry, why, no sorry, no, no, why can't sorry, Why can't you explain?
3: I never told that the players should feel ashamed of ourselves.
2: You said we should feel ashamed of ourselves. Yeah,
3: we. we. That includes me. Yeah. Every time.
2: If you say we should feel ashamed
3: of
1: ourselves, you are including your group of players.
3: Obviously, don't you think? Well, you just said you're but not. It's not about dividing the them. I think that's the difference. It's not, it's we not, not, it's not for right now We is us. Know, sorry, I think actually. I actually think not with the cameras on. No, I think we talk about this after. We is there. us. We is us. We are every. We are everybody. We are everybody at the club. Don't you agree? Why do you think uh, there's any intention to support myself from it?
0: Okay guys, so that was um, AVB and Neil Ashton um, coming to blows um, verbally in the in the press conference yesterday. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I finished listening to that clip with more support for AVB than I think I've had in a long time. And, and just the pride that oozes from the guy, wanting him to prove the press wrong, more than ever. Um, Mark, what, would you agree with that mate?
1: Absolutely. I mean, he showed there that he, he stands by by his views and it, it, that shows integrity and uh, no one can doubt that he's putting everything in to Tottenham. I mean, uh, Allardyce said something, Sam Allardyce said something very interesting. Yeah, he said, uh, he said that he was brave, that ABB was brave to fight the media, but ultimately... It's a, it's a losing, it's an uphill battle against him. He doesn't yep. fancy his yeah. chances against him. But, uh, you know, Mourinho had a, had quite an interesting battle with uh, with the media in his last stint with Chelsea. He seems to have calmed down now. <laughs> and uh, ABB definitely is not, is not Mourinho and he's not in the same style of per, uh, personality. But um, he, he does have strong views and I, I definitely support that about him.
0: Yeah, I mean, Sean, would, would you say um, the Daily Mail's Mouse- Comments or Neil Ashton in particular was were, were fair, or would you say it was more of a personal attack on on AVB?
2: I think a lot of the press are. I think a lot of the press are very unfair on the guy. He's had to put up with this the moment he had taken over from Spurs. You always, always get the the, um, the impression that no matter what he does, is wrong. Um, yeah. If he plays, if he plays Soldado and we lose, they'll say he should have played the fault. If if you take it back in time and you play the phone we lose, he'll get slaughtered in the press when not playing Soldado. I just think, I just think basically, um, he if he can win, get hey. if he can get a siege mentality going where he where he can manage to get the players, the fans are like everyone just sort of um, all of us backs to the wall and sticking together because what the press are trying to do is almost like they're trying to. They're trying to destroy the club from the inside. They're trying to get the fans against the manager. Because once you get the fans against the manager, ultimately, (laughs) that's the manager out. So, um, the only thing I don't like is... um, I just don't like the idea that sometimes they can sort of sway sway the fans. He just can't do anything right at the moment. So, he's he's just got to keep fighting. But I don't want to see him get too drawn into these wars. I think now he's had this spat, I think he's just got to get his head down get the players behind him I think after the game on Sunday I think he should be way more secure that he's got his players behind him and if we start playing on football that we should be playing and we just and we can see pace and effort every week he'll have the fans he'll have the fans behind him same thing happened last season when the season started people were a little bit unsure and following the press's lead when they were trying to snipe him out all the time and eventually he may not be the the most favourite manager we've ever had, but if he can get us going again, do you know what I mean like, um, I think he'll get the will he'll, he'll get the club together, and if we, and if we're still fighting up there come February and March, that support would lead truly right through to the end of the season.
0: Yeah, and I, I, totally, and I I've, I think um Mark with AVB, I think um he's such a proud guy, isn't he? I think he had to make the comments on. Uh, after the game on on Sunday, but I think also now, as Sean's just mentioned, it'd be nice now if we could draw a line under it and and move on. Um, you know, to be fair to, to hell with the press, let's let's get together as a club, maybe get that siege mentality together, and 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 come back stronger from it. Because I think it will, it will inspire the fans, won't it? You know, to sort of get behind the manager even more, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think he needs to do that. I mean. Uh Draw, draw a line under it and and move on uh, this is these aren't professional professional footballers or professional managers or professional coaches who are who are talking about this this is a uh, some some pundits like uh, some could be equivalent to sort of, of, uh, of, of, of 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 not much really at all so yeah. um, in the end of the day Vilash uh, Boas there's a there's a lot to his job <laughs> he's a very technical man and um and he shouldn't have to explain himself. I think to to these to kind of people, and, and and these guys kind of undermining him just shows, as ABB said, a complete total lack of respect.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, and and the comments that Ashton made. I mean, in I think it was an article last Wednesday online where he said. I think the comments that that sort of irked ABB so much were Ashton saying that. Um, AVB's treble that he'd won in Portugal he, Ashton basically said that anybody could have done that um,
1: Yeah I'd like to see him try
0: Well exactly <laughs> you know a guy that's never probably you know played a, a professional game in his life for him to say that I think that's hugely disrespectful isn't it you know it's um, Absolutely. when a manager wins something like a treble you know that that's sort of That's that not makes, easy anywhere Well that's right and that mm. deserves respect you know um, so I I'm so on A V B side on this one to be fair. You know, he's he's not always played the type of football that I've liked and um you know, I've given him as much stick as anybody, but on this one, you know, I think we're all behind him guys, aren't we? So That's um right. I think the interesting thing was the comment he made on Alan Sugar. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but um he was interviewed after the game on Alan Sugar um on Twitter constantly sort of um criticising AVB's tactics and, and uh A V B turned around and said, um, well it's their team, it's their passion and they don't trade it for anything else not like Alan Sugar, who trades it for money. Uh-huh. So, you know, he, he certainly knows how to make his point, doesn't he? When He, he knows how to come out fighting the guy. <laughs>
2: yeah, definitely. I just think he's, yeah, um, like I said before, I think um, he's had his say. And in what in one sense, it is a battle that you're never going to win. But I just don't want to see him getting eaten up by it. And I don't want to see him begin to get bitter because then that would take away from... What he's trying to do, it will just take the hunger out of it. Will just take the hunger out of the whole, his whole project. So I just think he's just got to um, he's just got learn to read it. I mean, he's got to just learn to ignore it. With with celebrities, some you hear yeah, some of them they don't they don't read the press, they don't read the magazines, they don't do nothing, they just stick away from it. Because if it starts making you better, it's just gonna turn the whole thing negative.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that's it, and it'll always become like another Chelsea situation, won't it? And you know, we definitely don't want to go down that road. Yeah. We're, we're not like Chelsea. So, no, um, you know, the thing is, uh, that's not it. Won't. Won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, Never. let's let's try and yeah, let's try and turn in a negative into a positive. Um, we're just going to um, move on to the final bit of the show, guys. Just a couple of shout-outs from um, again on the Twitter that um, a few people have asked us to to give them a mention. Um, Kevin Alexander, following East Spurs from New Jersey in the USA. Um, Paul, who follows from Royston, just outside Cambridge. Um, Colin Riley from Illinois, USA. So the transfer rumours this week um, from Mark on the on the Twitter that he's asked us to uh, mention. Um, he says. Jermaine Defoe may be on his way to Toronto, um, which, in fact, we actually mentioned on the 28th of November on our website. One of our writers over in Canada, Nathan Durek, top marks to him because he mentioned that before anyone else on the 28th of November. Um spurs have been told by trusted sources that Franco Baldini was in Lyon attempting to complete a deal for Samuel... Um, you may remember this um, this guy. He's a 20-year-old left-back, French left-back. He scored a howler against us in last year's Europa League oh. uh, and is an extremely bright, young left-back. Um, so um, we are in for him. We're hearing from some trusted guys on the Twitter. That That's give good us news. B- Bits of information, so let's hope... We get him in as a left back, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it, to move the back into the centre there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and just finally, East Spurs has also heard that we, the Alexandra Pato rumours are accurate. Um, Spurs are in for the Corinthians, easy for me to say, striker, with a <laughs> price likely to be between 8 and 12 million. So we're going to leave That's it fair. on that note, I think, guys, on a, on a positive, eh?
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: On a, on a positive, hopefully a busy January, getting getting a couple of extra signings, maybe another striker in there, um, and let's hope we get another couple of wins in midweek. Um, Mark and Sean, it's been a pleasure, guys. Um, thanks for joining us on a podcast this week. Um, yeah, thank you. Pleasure. No pleasure. problem at all, guys. Hopefully um, have you back on very very soon. Um, and to everyone listening, give us a, a, a an email, a tweet, um, or a hit on the website. Don't forget e underscore Spurs or e spurs at live.co.uk other than that have a great week guys and come on you Spurs